to be found. In our day-to-day life, we often get busy and preoccupied and bogged down with life. You know, the demands of school or our family or our work <clears throat> uh, can be so, so overwhelming at times. We can get so swamped with these type of things and so sidetracked that we forget what life is really about. Some of us get sidetracked with the breaking news of the day, with politics or sports or even with church life. We can get swamped with personal problems of our own or swamped with other people's problems. It's kind of like this popular song today says, I lost my keys in the great unknown. Call me please because I can't find my phone. Have ever heard that song? This is the stuff that drives me crazy. This is the stuff that's getting to me lately. In the middle of my little mess, I forget how much I'm blessed, how big I'm blessed. And at times we need to take a step back and we need to take a deep breath and look what God has done for us. And we need to say, thank God I'm saved. And that's what the title of this message is today. Thank God I'm saved. Let's all say that together. Thank God I'm saved. I thank God I'm saved. Let's turn to Psalm 40. Verse 2. Psalm 40, verse 2, it says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Isn't that awesome? And a lot of times we can just read over that and say, well, that's good. You know, that's good. But let's look at that verse more carefully and see what actually he's saying there. This is David that wrote this. First of all, he says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Well, that slimy pit is death and hell and sin and sickness and disease. It's being under the curse. And God has saved us from that. Because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to be in that. We can go to heaven and we can live an abundant life. Have you ever seen uh, an adventure movie where the person is stuck in quicksand? And they're sinking and they're going, help me, help me, help me. And the more they wiggle around, the deeper they get. Well, that's kind of the way it is if we're not born again. We're stuck in the mud and the muck and the mire of sin. And um, the way this kind of like quicksand works, is, you know, uh, you don't, the suction is so great that you can't really get out of it. It's the pressure is too great. And a lot of times if you get out of it, you've lost your shoes or something else like that. And we don't want to get stuck in that, do we? Pastor Terry tells a story of uh, when he, he used to work on a golf course and there was a couple there and the, they were playing golf and the man hit his golf ball out onto this uh, place where there had been a lake but they had drained all the water out of it and so she was going to be they were newly married and she was going to be a wonderful wife and she was out there you know how golf clothes look you know women's golf clothes they are just pritzy and proper and cute and they're usually bright colors and everything well she went out there to get his golf ball and she sank and she sank and she could not get out herself and they had to have a rescue team come and get her out And that's what it is like with us when we're not born again. We're sinking. And a lot of times, you know, if everything's going really good in our life, our family's good, our job's good, you know, we feel good, 
we don't even know that we're sinking in the depths of sin. But we are if we don't have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Let's turn to uh, Ephesians 2, verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the desires, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. That pretty well says it all, doesn't it? We were dead, but by God's grace we were saved. And you might say, you know... A lot of times when there's a lot of testimonies like we're on the video or or you hear people talk about their life before they were saved and and how wonderful it was to get saved, some people say, well, you know, I don't even know what they're talking about. I got saved when I was eight years old. You know, I never went through anything like that. Well, if that's the case, that is something to be even more thankful about, that you didn't have have to experience what death brings in your life. That is the most awesome testimony anybody can have is that they were a child, they learned about the Lord, and they accepted him when they were little, and they lived for them all of his life. So if you don't have a testimony that, oh, I was a heroin addict, or, you know, whatever, be thankful. (laughs) It's something to be very thankful about. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. It says, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. You know, the new birth is a transformation like nothing else in the whole world. You know, you might, if you watch Star Trek, you see transformations of creatures into different creatures or science fiction movies. But this is nothing like that. This is an instantaneous transformation from darkness to light, from death to life, from old to new, from dirty to clean, from lost to found, from being blind to seeing. It's the most spectacular, awesome, wonderful thing that can happen to a person is to be lost and then found by the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Bible, in the book of Revelation, it says, if anyone's name is not found and written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. But when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our name is written in that book of life, and we're going to heaven. We're not going to hell anymore, and that's something to be very thankful for. Well, let's also look at Colossians 1. Colossians 1.13. It says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. So we were in the kingdom of darkness. Every single person before they're born again is in the kingdom of darkness. 
But God reached out and took us out of that kingdom of darkness and brought us into his own kingdom where we have him as our heavenly father. Amen? Amen. So the first thing we see in the scripture is that he brought me out of the miry clay. Isn't that a good thing? He brought me out of that miry clay. He brought me, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the muck and mire. Amen? It's not good to be muddy, is it? But it's even worse when the mud is clay and it sticks to you and you can't get it off. But God's cleansed all that. And the second thing is Psalm 40, verse 2. says, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. You know, lately we can really, really understand what it's like not to have a firm place to stand. Amen? All we have to do is think about the videos of the uh, earthquake in Japan. You know, the ground shook so violently that people could not stand up. And then the tsunami came, and it was so strong that people could not stand up. And if we think about things that happen in life, um, there are things that happen to us financially, emotionally, in our families, that we don't feel like we can stand up. But God said that he's put our feet on a rock. We have a firm foundation in Jesus Christ. We have a firm place to stand, and that's something to be thankful for. And you might think, well, what does that mean? My feet are not a rock. <laughs> My feet are on a concrete floor covered with a carpet. What does that mean? Well, let's turn to Psalm 18, verse 2. We'll find out what that rock is. Psalm 18, verse 2. <clears throat> says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. So that the rock, the rock that God put us on is himself. He put us on him to have our stability, our foundation, and we can't be shaken. The Bible says that we cannot be shaken if we're on the rock of Jesus Christ. If our hope is on him, we cannot be shaken. And I'm not going to be shaken, are you? The Bible tells us that we are in Christ, that we are of Christ, and that we are uh, with Christ, and that in him all things live and move and have their being. Our whole life is encompassed in Christ and who he is. Isn't that wonderful? Are you going to be shaken? No. No. The third thing is that God says that he put a new song in our heart. In Psalm 40, verse 3, back to Psalm 40, It says, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Did he put a a new song in your mouth? He put a new song in mine, I'll tell you. There's an old country song that goes something like, nobody sings the old songs like I do. Well, you know what? I don't want to sing the old songs. I do not want to sing those old songs. The old songs are songs of depression, loneliness, anxiety, gloom, and doom. The new song that he put in my mouth is a song of victory, of joy, and of praise. Amen? I'm going to read you the words to one of the songs that I used to listen to all the time before I got saved. (laughs) And I'll see if anybody knows who who it's by. This song I used to listen to. Finished with my woman because she couldn't help me with my mind. People think I'm insane because I'm frowning all the time. All day long I think of things, but nothing seems to satisfy. 
I think I'll lose my mind if I don't find something to pacify. Can you help me occupy my brain? I need someone to show me the things in life that I can't find. I can't see the things that make true happiness. I must be blind. Make a joke and I will sigh and you will laugh and I will cry. Happiness I cannot feel and love to me is so unreal. And so as you hear these words telling you now of my state, I tell you to enjoy life. I wish I could, but it's too late. Y'all ever hear that song before? That's Paranoid by Black Sabbath. <laughs> that was me. That's who I was. That's who I was. But after I gave my life to the Lord, just like that, all that was gone. It was completely gone. And I sang praises to God constantly. I remember one time I was doing the dishes at, you know, my parents' house. When I, I was a kid, I was 15. And we were raised Catholic, and in my house, the only time God's name was mentioned was at Grace, you know, before meals. You never, we never talked about God, ever. Or never prayed or did anything like that. And so I got saved, and I mean, I sang constantly. I remember I was doing the dishes one time, I was singing, you know, this is the day or something, you know, the choruses we used to sing back then. And my stepmother came in and she said, if you don't stop singing, I'm going to put a steeple on the roof. <laughs> and she meant it. She was mad. She did. I irritated her. <laughs> but that's what was on the inside of me. Just overwhelming joy. And it was such a difference from what I was that I just, I, I lived it up. <laughs> I enjoyed being full of joy. I put it that way. I enjoyed being full of joy. Because when you're not full of joy, the minute you get a little joy, it is just, just an overwhelming, wonderful thing. Let's turn to 1 Peter 1. <clears throat> 1 Peter 1, verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. That's God's word to us. <clears throat> that we are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. You know, sometimes we get so, uh, you know, we get born again and, and are walking with the Lord and we get so preoccupied with with things that are going on in life that, that we feel like our joy is gone, that it's sapped, that it's just no longer there anymore. And other people have encountered that. In the Psalms it says, Return unto me or restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And I've been there many times, you know, where you just, you're puttered out, you know. Everything's been zapped out of you. You need to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I really need some help here. I need you to rejoice, re restore the joy of my salvation. And he will. He will. He will. He will restore that. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we need that joy in our life to be strong and to keep going. Amen? So did you all sing any songs like that before you were born again? <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> okay, the fourth thing. Psalm 40, verse 3. Psalm 40, verse 3. It says, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. You know, when God takes you out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he uh, sets your feet on a rock, gives you a new song to sing, people are going to see it. They're going to notice it. They're going to see that new life in you because you are a walking advertisement for the Lord. Everywhere you go, people should be able to see the life of God in you. They should be able to see that you're different. They should be able to see that you emanate the joy and the life of God. We need to be sure that we don't set that aside and, and be occupied with, you know, who looked at me wrong or, you know, who at work, you know, messed up my plan or, or whatever. We need to always be aware that we are witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Ephesians 2, verse 10. <clears throat> it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepare, prepared in advance for us to do. See, God saved us. God did all these wonderful things for us so we could do wonderful things for other people. God redeemed us to have a family for himself, but he also redeemed us so that we could lead other people to the Lord, so that we could be a witness for him. So let's make sure that we're doing good works and that we're walking advertisements for the Lord. Let's turn to 1 Peter 2.12. 1 Peter 2.12. It says, live such good lives among pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You know, let's just say it work. People may accuse you of doing wrong, but even though they might say that with their mouth, they still see that you didn't do wrong, and they know what you're made of. And don't be, if people are... If you're doing right and people are accusing you of doing wrong, but you know you're doing right, you just stand on the scripture. And you trust that even though they're saying you're doing something wrong, they can see with your eyes that, their eyes that, that you're not. You stand on that scripture. That's a good thing to stand upon. We need to be sure that we're witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ, that our mouth is always ready to proclaim his goodness because I mean, all we have to do is step back like we're doing in this sermon today and think about what he's done for us. We just need to do that every once in a while. And then the fifth thing is not part of Psalm 40, but it's, it's something that's really, really special to me, is when God did all of this, he gave us a new family. He gave us a new family. You know, many of us have wonderful families, but the family of God is something like, well, it's not of this earth. <laughs> It's awesome and it's wonderful. In uh, Hebrews, it says, Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Do you know that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the universe, is our brother? 
I mean, what more can you say? You know, I have one brother that doesn't speak to anybody in the family. And I have one brother that's a good brother, but he's an awful tease. <laughs> you can't be around him without him pinching you or hitting you or anything. It's good to have a brother that doesn't do that. <laughs> you know, he's almost 60, and you think he'd get over it. <laughs> I think the older he gets, the more he likes to, you know, torment. But Jesus Christ is our brother, and he actually suffered and died for us. I can't think of a better brother than that, can you? And because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, he gave me all of you as brothers and sisters. And you know what? The body of the Christ is one of the most awesome families there is. It is the most awesome family there is. And you know what's neat is, is people that don't have sisters or brothers have sisters or brothers now. People that don't have brothers or sisters that talk to them have brothers and sisters now. People that don't have mothers have spiritual mothers here. People that don't have spiritual fathers have spiritual fathers. People that don't have children have spiritual children. That's what the body of Christ is. It's awesome. And the best part of it all is that we have God as our Heavenly Father. And you know, you can do just about anything and God will, God is always there to reach out his hand to forgive you. You know, all you have to do is go to him and say, God, I've messed up. God, I've messed up again. <laughs> I've messed up again. Please forgive me. And the Heavenly Father is just there saying, I was just waiting, just waiting to love you more, to forgive you more, to have more fellowship with you. And that's, the, that's just so awesome. It's so awesome. And it's so, it means so much, especially to people that don't have a close family, that know that they have the body of Christ and that we're all here to help each other and build each other up and support each other. Let's turn to Psalm 103. Psalm 103 in the Amplified Version. <clears throat> Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits, who forgives every one of all your iniquities, who heals each one of all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies dignifies and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, soaring. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? Let's read that again. <clears throat> Bless affectionately, Gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits, who forgives every one of all your iniquities, who heals each one of all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, 
who satisfies your mouth, your necessity, and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring. Hallelujah. So when we get burdened down with the preoccupied with different things that are going on in life, I want us to remember these things. That God saved us from eternal death, hell, and life under the curse, and has given us new life. That he set our foot on a rock and given us a firm place to stand. That he's put a new song in our heart. That he's made us a great witness to the world. That people will see what is in us and give their lives to the Lord. And that God has given us a new family. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. We're going to read Psalm 40, verse 2 and 3 again. We're going to read it together. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. Oh, the next verse. I'm sorry. (laughs) He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that. Aren't you? Hallelujah. Well, if you've never experienced this, if you've never given your life to the Lord, if you've never known what it is to go from death to light, from darkness to light, from old to new, God's calling you today. God wants you to have a new life in him. He wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to have victory in every area of your life. And if you'd like to give your life to the Lord this morning and experience that new life, I want you to come forward. We want to pray with you. And if you've just lost your joy, if the things in this earth have just, just drug you down and you just felt so preoccupied with different things that are going on, I want you to come forward and let the altar ministry pray with you that your, your joy would be restored. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just come before you. We thank you so much, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us new life and that life puts a new song in our heart. It's a life of light and abundance and love. You've given us friendship, Lord God. You've given us freedom from sickness and disease. You've given us freedom from fear and terror and worry and anxiety, Lord. And Father, we thank you so much. We thank you so much this morning. We thank you so much this morning that we can cast all of our care and all of our anxiety upon you, Lord. And that your word says that you care for us. You care for us so much, Lord God. And we're so thankful. We're so thankful that you care for us, Lord. And right now, Lord, we just make a renewed dedication to remember the important things in life. That you redeemed us. That you took us out of the muck and the mire. Lord, that you gave us a new life. That we're going to heaven now, Lord God that you set our feet on a rock and that we can't be shaken by the affairs of life. 
We can't be shaken by our emotions or the financial world. Lord, and we thank you for that new song of joy that you've put in our heart. We thank you so much for that, Lord. And Father, we thank you that you've given us a new family, that you are our Heavenly Father, and you've given us all these brothers and sisters. And Father, most of all, that you've given us Jesus as our very best brother. We thank you, Lord, for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's just lift our voices up to the Lord and worship. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we all have a testimony, that we all have a wonderful testimony of your goodness. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, God. 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 And I just, I just feel led to say that, you know, some of us have, have had that firm foundation, that rock to stand upon, but we've decided to step off of it because we've decided to worry We've decided to be depressed. We've decided to be full of anxiety. We've decided to be too busy. We've decided to step off that solid rock, and we have been shaken. But the time has come to step back on top of that rock and make sure your foundation is rooted and planted in the Lord and in his word and train your mind to ponder only on the word of God. And not on the things of this world, not the things that cost, cause you distress and anxiety, but only upon the word of God. Thank you, Lord, because there is your peace. Your mind, if it's stayed upon the Lord, you'll have perfect peace. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, you all have a good day today, okay?